Hello and welcome back for, I don't know, we were on like a month ago, for the first time in like a month, to the Book Wars pod. Still counts. Miranda, you were having like an emotional journey during that theme song. I know, I gotta do my little point thing. Yeah, but you like you were like concentrating really hard and then you just had this like look of joy. I forgot how long it takes to get to that part, so I like kept getting ready, like not yet, not yet. I love the enthusiasm. Um, yes, welcome back to season 54,000. I don't know. We don't do seasons. We just <laughs> stop recording. Um, but welcome back to the Book Wars pod. We are hopefully going to start recording more often now. Yes. It's Sorry, it's I was good. distracted. <laughs> Kristen, were you miming applause? There's just a lot of going on in the video today. <laughs> we are oh, doomed. Lordy. Yeah. Um, but we are not doomed because we have... With us, a very special guest. Rana, thank you for joining us again. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk shit about uh, the topic today. So, yeah, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Um, Rana, for those who don't remember, joined us for our wonderful wrap-up of Resistance Reborn by Rebecca Roanhorse, um, which we'll put the link to that in the episode description because I don't remember what episode title it was or what episode number. Um, but And she's at Rana Lapine on Twitter. You can find her there. Um, and we are even more excited to say that Rana is going to be joining us as one of our co-hosts going forward. I can't guarantee you'll be excited about that a couple weeks into recording, but uh, let's all just cherish this moment for now. So exactly. very, very thrilled. Listen, they haven't kicked me out yet. I think you're going to be okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Rana, we're so excited to have you. Um, Kate is as you all know, in school, so her availability is questionable, as noted by the fact that she's not here right now. Um, but we are very happy to have Rana and expand the Book Wars pod family. So without further ado, oh no, sorry, one further ado. As we talk about Mandalorian today, uh, because we are talking about season two of The Mandalorian uh, with just the just the pod crew, uh, a little more shit, co- shit posting a little bit less serious topics, but do go back and listen to the serious topics. We did an amazing podcast, uh, which was our bonus episode 31 of the pod, uh, and that featured uh, Justice at Firesprayproto on Twitter, uh, Danny at DannyPurtle19, uh, also of Rogue Podrin, uh, Abigail James Dillon, uh, who's a Dill Dev on Twitter, at a Dill Dev, and also Tyrone, who is at Lama Tikama on Twitter, uh, for phenomenal people talking about the uh, really problematic transphobia shown by three cast members, although one of them is now a former cast member, which is really nice. Um, but Gina Carano, who is kicked to the curb, uh, as well as Rosario Dawson and Bill Burr. Uh, so that was a really amazing episode on... Uh, just around transphobia in the Star Wars fandom, transphobia on screen, and just in general, a fantastic conversation. So definitely go listen to that before this one because it's more important. I think I blocked Bill Burr being on The Mandalorian just like out of my brain hole. I mean, it's not the wrong choice. No, it's, it's a great choice. But I was like, oh yeah, he was here for a minute. That was a choice. I didn't hate him as much this season. Just on a purely character level. I forgot yeah, that I he wish... was in the first season too. Like, 
I wish I could have enjoyed him being on there, like, as someone whose heart is also made of Massachusetts garbage, but um, I could not, unfortunately, because actually, I didn't know about everything that happened until after the episode, and then I was like, well, no more Boston accents in Star Wars, I guess, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, no, same. Yeah. I, he is, he's someone whose transphobia has flown under the radar, although it's not surprising if you just look at him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, all right, so now to the shit posting. What is everyone drinking today? Rana, do you want to kick us off as our guest of honor? Sure. Um, this is going to be kind of sappy. I'm just drinking mint tea, but I'm drinking it out of this mug that my friend gave me for season one of Mando. It's actually supposed to be Boba Fett, but he was like, there's no merch for Mando yet. And then he died of COVID-19. Um, so he didn't see season two, but he would have been like super excited, I think. And that's really sad. We can cut this out if we have to. <laughs> but um, but I just thought it would be a nice little thing to drink out of my little my little mug that he gave me. So no, that's really lovely. Excited. But anyways, that's lovely it's just, and very uh, sad. But I'm very glad that that <laughs> brings back it's fun been a long memories. Time now. But uh, I thought, well, I'd better talk some shit. But no, um, I'm just drinking celestial seasonings, peppermint tea. So not oh, that excited. I got some of that in my drawers. It was on sale. And is also it, it's local. Is it so. caffeinated? It's true. Uh, there is a caffeinated one that is okay. delicious, but I I'm think, drinking the uncaffeinated because I it's 7.30 have, at night. Yeah, I think I have the caffeine-free one. But it's, like, buried beneath, is. like, my spare sponges. <laughs> so you're not a daily cup of tea person. <laughs> no, so I'm just drinking water. <laughs> Although I did, I did have a really good beer earlier um before the pod and i bought a four pack with the intention of drinking it on the pod and then i was like i'm kind of tired um it is i forget the brewery i can take a picture afterwards in case anyone wants to see it but it is a blueberry muffin sour that um so there's another there's a brewery in portland that's like that's their thing um that one's great notion and so this is not them and I was like, I wonder how this is going to be. And it was delightfully tart. So, would recommend. Maybe maybe next time I'll have it. But, um, no, just, just the water. I should get more uncaffeinated tea. Because it sounds... I should get sleepy time tea. That sounds fun. I love it. Kristen, what are you drinking? I'm drinking water. <laughs> so healthy. Well, I was at the beach this weekend, and I drink lots and lots of stuff. <laughs> Respect. Yes. What are you drinking, Chris? Uh, I'm drinking scotch. I am drinking um, Compass Box Spice Tree scotch. It's really good. It's like, as you might guess from the name, it's like a little bit of spiciness to it. Not super smoky, but very smooth. I like, I realized like this week that like, A... I like, don't even drink that much anymore because I just don't go outside. And also, like, I have very little alcohol left in the house. Like, looking back to, like, earlier episodes of the Book, po- Book Wars pod, like, before the pandemic started, it'd be like, oh, I'm drinking, like, a different bottle of hard liquor every week because, like, I have, like, 57. But, like, I just, I have nothing. Like, because now you can't, you can't, like, walk through the store and, like, win- like window shop anymore. So, like, there's, it's, the fun is taken out of it. Yeah, you got to get in and get out. But, you know, you can still, like, buy the alcohol to bring into your home and just have in your home for when you want to drink it. I know. Like, we have the capability. I know. I need to do that. And <laughs> I, the the giant place near me does pick up, too. So, I just... Really, it's just an excuse. Yeah. 
That's fair. I'll allow it. Awesome. Uh, and then, so before we dive in all the way, uh, we just want to remind people that we are starting a new segment where for each kind of grouping of episodes that we do, we're going to be highlighting the work that a racial justice organization does and saying that if you would like to donate to them, you should definitely do so. Uh, for Mandalorian, we announced this a month or so ago on our last episode, but we definitely encourage people to give to the National Black Trans Advocacy Coalition, just a phenomenal group. Uh, helping a really marginalized and uh, I completely lost the word I was looking for, but a really marginalized community. Um, and with that, shall we Star War? Which one is Star War? It's it's the one with the, um, I don't know. I like had a joke and it was half formed and then the second half didn't, didn't happen. We're off, we're off to a great start. We're doing great. We're in mid-season form. Sorry. <laughs> We're All getting right. back into the hang of it. <laughs> exactly. So, as, uh, so let's start with just kind of our reactions to the season. Um, where and when are we, Kristen? Since you have finally watched the season, do you want to try and tell us where and when we are? This can be like your segment. Um, I'll try. Um, we... Uh, no. I don't know where we are, <laughs> but I do like that this could be my segment, and um, I will prepare for it next time. <laughs> I gonna... do not do well when put on the spot. <laughs> I just went to find it in my brain, and I was like, no. <laughs> it's gone. It's like the joke I was trying to make. Thank you. Okay, uh, bye. <laughs> uh, so, oh my God. <laughs> we are... Um, somewhere in between a day and a year after the end of season one, time makes no sense in Star Wars or in The Mandalorian, which is why it hashtag feels like Star Wars. Um, and it's kind of all that matters. I guess that puts us like, what, six years after Endor? Yeah, depending, like on, depending on when season one, like where it, when it was, when the season ended, you know? Yeah, yeah, like how what um, span of time? Those are the words. Yes. Uh, wow, our yeah, brains so, are not working. Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> other things that we know about that time period that puts it five years ish after the Battle of Jakku. Um, last shot by Dana Jose Older took place two years after the Battle of Jakku. So, that so we're th- what three years at math is hard. We're three years after that. Ben Solo is five years old and presumably already evil and irredeemable. Um, yeah, that's where we're going. And now, let's talk about the more important thing. Baby Grogu. Baby. He has a name. Yes! Listen, that was just like the whole thing and like ignoring, or not ignoring, but like putting aside Rosario Dawson being in this like Ahsoka just kind of chatting with Grogu with her brain for like five seconds was like oh Grogu says this and Mando just being like who the fuck is Grogu and then he just like refute he just keeps calling him kid the whole time anyway it's gold yeah to be fair I still refuse to call him I only call him Grogu like occasionally if live texting an episode but in my heart he's always going to be little baby Yoda L-I-L yeah. baby Yoda also, I was, LBY, so. 
honestly, I was like very unsure how I felt about the name because I was like, I don't know. There's like it's a lot of G's. It's kind of a weird sound. Like <laughs> I like wasn't sure, but like it's grown on me. But yeah, I mean, they had to know. Like just like when they were trying to get everybody to call him the child last season, like it's fucking Baby Yoda. That is no. that is his name. That's what it says on his birth hollow. I do feel like Grogu is a cute sounding word. Like I can definitely imagine a baby like saying Grogu mm-hmm. a lot. So I can kind of excuse it. But that baby is fifty years old. Whatever. <laughs> and yet still, it's like getting like... carded if you're a young looking person in your forties. Like whatever. Yes. The baby's fifty years old. He also still like fucking licks wires when he's supposed to be fixing them in <laughs> the ship. Eats so. Babies. <laughs> it's very good content. That's all I'm saying. There's, there was a lot of good Baby Yoda content this season. Like, I was worried that it was going to be, like, very, I think in general, this season was not what I expected in many ways. But I was worried yeah. that it was going to be, like, very sparse Baby Yoda content. Really Mando just kind of going on his own, being a badass. Like, this, the kind of, like, stereotype of, like, lone Star Wars gunslinger that they were, like, trying to lean into in, like, the lead up to the series. But no, it's just been a lot of, like, Grogu and Dad. Yeah. yeah, I like that it, it kind of felt like they built, not that they built out since he really doesn't have that much of a character, but in the first season, he's kind of just like a little cooing baby who sometimes makes things move. Um, and in this season, I was like, no, 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 protect him. Like, oh, someone has to, you know, I was worried about him. And he didn't just coo. He like made actual, like, interesting actions and things. And yeah, I thought a lot of bad great. choices. I mean, he's a baby. Yeah. A 50-year-old yeah, like, baby. Like, you leave the baby on the spaceship, he's going to start unplugging things for sure. Just eating <laughs> eggs, unplugging shit, generally <laughs> causing mayhem. That's what he does best. Um, so, like, obviously this season, last season was, like, kind of very standalone. It was like, all right, here's, like, your cast of characters... It exists in Star Wars, which you can tell because it's a Mandalorian and he looks like Boba Fett, but he's not Boba Fett. And that's its connection to Star Wars. And they say things about the Empire. This season was very different. It was was a lot of, like, not just it ties in to the universe, but also, like, if you haven't seen Clone Wars, you might not understand what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like... I feel like Mandalorian, the Mandalorian in general, is one of those things that, like, Disney is using to, like, really be able to connect with people who aren't super into Star Wars like we are. Um, Kind of in the way that, like, Solo was. Um, So, you know, the end of Solo, like, spoilers, this movie came out in 2018. um, Like, Darth Maul pops up and people were like, what the fuck is this? It's kind of the same... I think idea, like, if you look at this, you know, Ahsoka Tano comes up and she's asking about Thrawn. And if you're just, like, a casual Star Wars fan who does not watch children's cartoons, um, it's like, you're not going to know who the fuck this is. But, like, it is very good tie-in content. Like, I, I think, think I... Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, I think I, like, screamed when she was like, where's Thrawn? That was great. Just dead on, dead on Rosario impression. (laughs) I feel like it will push a new group of people to watch the Clone Wars, like and and Rebels. Um, and because I remember when those first came out, I was like, I thought I was too cool 
to watch them. I was like, I don't need to watch animated series. I'm a teenager. But then I watched a little bit of them. I watched Rebels. I couldn't get into Clone Wars. And then I heard about some of the things that were going to happen here. And there were a couple references. And I had watched a couple Clone Wars things. But season two of Mando pushed me to, like, rewatch the things that I had kind of skimmed a couple times and all these things. And I thought, oh, wow, I've totally slept on the series for, like, years. So I think there are probably a lot of other viewers who are kind of feeling that same way. Where they maybe before were a little um, hesitant to dive into that section of canon and now it's like you have to or else you don't know what the fuck is happening i don't think that's necessarily like a bad thing though like i think yeah not not that you're implying that it was but i, th- I think it's like even if you don't have that knowledge um it, like it ties in really well and you're like oh my god who the fuck is thrawn like there's this kind of you know it, it has you asking questions which did not happen in season one because season one was man adopts child, slowly goes around the galaxy, does not fall in love with farmer. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's one thing that the show does really well is it like it introduces things in a way that makes you want to learn more, not in a way that makes you feel dumb. Yeah. And, like, one thing, I think I told this anecdote last, when we wrapped up last season, many moons ago, but, like, I was in, like, I was in Trader Joe's, this was pre-pandemic, so it was a simpler time. I was in Trader Joe's, and I hear these two, like, you know, young adult, like, very bro-ish dudes, like, talking, and, like, one of them is, like, very clearly explaining that, like, there's only, like, there's very few little, like, Yoda-lings. He's like, like, I, like, literally heard him being like, all right, so there's Yoda, and then in episode one, there was Yaddle, but they don't really talk about her anymore, and now there's baby Yoda. And, like, this, like, dude bro, who was, like, very, like, stereotypically, like, not nerdy, like, was just, like, enraptured by this conversation. And it's, like, it makes you want to know what's going on without, like, being, like, all right, you can't understand unless you have read books 27 9 34 and 80 85 of the expanded universe like it's yeah. it's a very like more welcoming almost in a way yeah and, and i think even oh sorry go ahead oh no you're good i was gonna say i think even like the reciprocal of that of it doesn't feel as nerdy to explain things like i remember way like a long time ago when the eu books were a thing and like explaining things to people as like a a teenager about like why this thing happens and actually after and it was like so so nerdy and i really cringed looking back at that um but now i'm on a star wars uh podcast today so who knows but um yeah, really doing and, yourself proud <laughs> right and uh <laughs> but i feel like explaining these things in mando it's like such a like you said such an exciting opportunity for folks to learn things it doesn't just feel like you're like talking to a wall mm-hmm. and it Like, the things that they add in, the tie-ins to books, the tie-ins to the other shows, you know, to Rebels, to to, the Clone Wars, um, in addition to, like, not being exclusionary, again, it's just, like, kind of woven in in a way that's, like, really enriching Mm -hmm. if you know about it, but, like, you don't need to know about it to understand what's happening. It's just a fun, like, oh, I read that book once. That thing happened. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like... You know what's going on. Yeah. I remember talking to 
um, a couple people, one of whom is like super into Star Wars and the other one is like has seen the movies, but is is like kind of as we were saying, has not watched Clone Wars, has not watched Rebels. And so as such, doesn't have any idea who Ahsoka is and all of the all of the emotional baggage therein that Filoni has now inflicted us with over the years. And so and, and so I asked like, so like, you know, what did, what did you think? Like, what did you think of the episode? Because it's like. I feel like if there's an episode that is going to like alienate hashtag casual fans, um, it's the Ahsoka episode because you've got Ahsoka, you've got Thrawn, you've got all that. And uh, she was just like, I figured she's a Jedi. Like, it was fine. I felt like I followed it. I'm like, all right, great. That's really all you need. If, if that's all you know, that's all you need to know. There's, there's more. Then you saved you yourself of it. emotional baggage. It, yeah. You really did. Honestly, probably the better choice. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, but yeah, so like, that's one thing that I was really surprised about this season. And like, kind of getting to, you know, all of the different tie-ins to the saga at large. You have, you know, the Darksaber and Bo-Katan and more about the fate of Mandalore. And Luke Skywalker coming back out of fucking nowhere, <laughs> gracing our screens in... The year of our Lord 2020. And also, like, possibly the most offensive thing. I care about Boba Fett now. <laughs> Surprise. It's like, I... I just... <laughs> Ooh, sorry. Did not I... have that on my 2020 bingo card, to no. be sure. Like, not... A... Like, I've never... I only cared about Boba Fett because he was in Attack of the Clones and was loosely um, associated with Zam who I was gay for as a kid. But now it's like, oh, you're going to give him like this actual story and like make me want to root for him? That seems fake. I always wanted to like Boba Fett more because my dad was like a huge bro about Boba Fett. He was always like, oh my God, blah, blah, blah. He'd buy me like the action figure, not the real ones, but you know, the, the Walmart ones. And, um, and then... And because in Attack of the Clones, because it was Tamara Morrison and I can't remember the Daniel Logan, I think. And because mm-hmm. they're both Maori actors, I remember him placing like this huge focus on like, oh, they're not native, but they're like in- an indigenous dad and he got killed. And what the fuck? Like he was so mad. And mm-hmm. I just couldn't get into Boba Fett. I couldn't do it. I was like, whatever. He, you know, it doesn't matter. But now it was so exciting. And I think it was I think it was more important, too, that it wasn't just Boba Fett of the armor. It was like Tamara Morrison as Boba Fett as an interesting character and not just this like cool little piece of like action figure that you can project any other story onto, if that makes sense. Absolutely. it's, It's not Disney writing off of, hey, this looks cool. It's like, here's a character with a complicated story. And who now has, like, a fun, you know, partner in crime who, surprise, not dead. Honestly, thank God. Fennec Shand, amazing. Ming-Na Wen, amazing. Ming-Na should be in everything. Just have her play every character. Honestly, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Um, I really, I want to, like... I want to know at what point they decided Ming-Na was going to be not dead because it definitely sounded like I read an interview with her after she was brought back this season and it sounded like she didn't think she was coming back either. Which is weird because, and I think we talked about this um, when we talked about season one, she was kind of hyped up, you know, leading up to the series as like, 
we got Ming-Na Wen, you know, like, she's a big name, um, you know, here. And then she was, like, kind of in an episode and then, like, you know, quote-unquote died at the end. Do you like, think her saying she wasn't going to be in it anymore was, like, you and McGregor saying he wasn't going to do an Obi-Wan show or he wanted to, but it wasn't in the cards? Like, do you think it's that tape of, oh, we know this thing's going to happen, but we just have to sort of let it be a surprise? Yeah, that's – I. Maybe, maybe possibly. Because I also know that, like, they were already filming season two while season one was airing last year. So it's not like, as much as I would love for it to be like, and then the internet cried out in one voice, we need Ming-Na to come back. Um, Like, I don't know that the timeline works for that. But yeah, like, I think you're, I think you're probably right. Yeah. I will say, I'll just add a little fun thing in there. This franchise is not super well known recently for things running smoothly and like everyone knowing what's going on. So if like she didn't think she and like obviously with this timeline it doesn't work but like if she didn't think she was coming back as a character because she got shot at the end of her episode like I think that would be genuine, or there's a possibility that it would be, because nobody at uh, Lucasfilm bothered to call her up and be like, hey, so we're going to record the new season soon. Would you like to come play with us? And like... That would be be very Star Wars. Like, you don't even know you're in this TV show because nobody bothered to tell you. Yeah, don't don't worry about your contract. Yeah. You just yeah. literally, you just show up to a soundstage, you do what they tell you, and then later you find out it's a whole TV show. <laughs> Very Star Wars. Yeah. Um, it would be on brand. It would. But then also, now that we've had our Fennec Shand aside, to get back to Boba Fett, yeah, the way he was portrayed in that episode, which was also notably directed by Robert Rodriguez, and I think that is also a critical part of it that white people were not involved in this episode. Except obviously Favreau wrote it, but like it was huge for making me care about him. Like it made him seem more human instead of just this like kind of pinnacle of badassery that the fandom has kind of built him up to be for his role of falling into a desert butthole and dying. Um, <laughs> like it, like his fighting style. He talked. I don't know if any of you all watched the um, the like behind the scenes. Disney Gallery, The Mandalorian, the terribly titled behind-the-scenes show um, that's on Disney+. Plus. But Tamira Morrison talked about how he uh, had input on the costume and, like, his carrying that, that like, modified gaffy stick that we see with the, um, the Tusken Raiders with. But then also we see, like, he added some additions to it because he is trained in stick fighting. Um, he added elements of the... Uh, Maori Haka to his like fighting style and he talked about how much it meant to him to be able to bring all of this to the character and like you could see that coming out on screen and just to add that originally the gaffy stick was actually based on a Fijian weapon um, which isn't Maori but is like a obviously part of um, the Pacifica region and there was a great Twitter thread by someone who was talking about um, what it meant to them to see that. And it's actually mentioned in a couple articles, too. And so I don't know how that ties into the fighting style. But the weapon itself was originally, um, you know, taken from that. And I think it's a great example of when we talk about, like, having representation behind the camera and as well as not just like, oh, this was inspired by X, Y, Z thing. So to get to see that root 
then applied to the actual character and used in that way, you know, 45 years later is super exciting. That's awesome. I had no idea that it was originally based on a Fijian weapon. That's incredible. That really is just full circle, probably in a way that Favreau and Filoni didn't even intend, but it's amazing. Yeah, it was not on purpose, but we made it out with it. So that's what matters here. Yeah. No, it's not. It matters that they didn't, you know. But yeah, and so all of a sudden we get to the end of the season and you see Boba in a post-credit scene just shooting motherfuckers all over the place. And I find, and then like with the teaser that he's getting his own show. And I just like had this moment where I was like, Oh my God, I'm so excited. And then like, kind of like seeing it happen inside my own brain being like, what? Why are you, <laughs> you're excited. You're excited about Boba Fett getting his own TV show. This is weird. This is very weird. Yeah. And I think I like, wasn't super excited. I was kind of neutral on it. Because I, I think it had been, like, I had seen a spoiler about it or something. So it wasn't, like, the, you know, the big reveal mm-hmm. that, um, you know, he was getting his own show. But I think if they do the show the way they did his stuff, story, all that show stuff, um, <laughs> that makes sense. In in this season, like if they kind of carry that and like carry having his input into that, then I would I think I could get really excited about it. Yeah, I know that Robert Rodriguez is heavily involved, so my fingers are crossed. He's supposed to direct it, isn't he? I think I can't remember if he's like show running it or specifically directing it okay. or what his role is, but I I know that he was like a part a major part of the like press release, whatever. Yeah, super exciting. At least to me. Maybe not. Maybe that means I'm secretly a bro and I didn't know it, but I'm excited. <laughs> Surprise. Honestly, that's like my love for Boba Fett this season has made me be like, but am I one of those people who loves Boba Fett? So I'm with you. <laughs> you will be sorry. Um, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's, I mean, that could that could be like a regular situation or it could be a call is coming from inside the house situation. There's no way of knowing. Yeah. I feel like everything that Favreau has done with Mandalorian so far has been, like, against my expectations in that, like, he made it a dad show, and then he brought Boba Fett back, and he was, like, this, like, not, like, he was badass, but he wasn't this, like, super feelingless badass. Like, he's he's just done a lot that I haven't expected, and I, like, keep waiting for the other shoe to drop. <laughs> And it hasn't yet, and I'm, like, worried, but also, like, do I like John Favreau as a filmmaker now? It's weird. It's a weird space to be in. Wild times. I know. I try to not think too hard about that so that I don't have to have that kind of sitting in the back of my brain at all times. Like, how, you know, how is this going to get fucked up? Mm-hmm. So. I have a bad feeling about this. And then just to talk about a couple of the other ways that this ties into the universe before we kind of jump to what do we want to see going forward. Um, Obviously, we talked about Fennec Shand. We now know that we're going to see her voiced by Ming-Na in The Bad Batch when that premieres theoretically soon. They've been saying spring. I was thinking for some reason, I was thinking spring 2021 was next year, but that's in like three weeks, so... 
That is now. (laughs) So we'll see if that happens. Also, like, a moment for the fact that the Star Wars books are also, as, as a book pod, I felt like personal kinship to the first episode of the season because Cobb Vanth, who got all of, like, 10 pages of, like, print in the Aftermath trilogy, which came out many years ago at this point, six-ish years ago, probably, out of nowhere is now a character in the main, in the Favreau universe, like, in the Mandalorian universe, out of nowhere. I don't like the Favronis, but... <laughs> Sounds like a shitty pizza. It does. <laughs> it's a favaron, yeah. It's like some terrible, like Jersey, uh, fucking, like shore town, fake Italian restaurant. Yeah, it's definitely be fava beans and pepperoni on a pizza, which is not an appealing oh, combination. God, that's, that's also very bad. <laughs> or it could be both. You get the fava bean and pepperoni pizza like thirty minutes off the turnpike. Like mm-hmm. it's not it's not good. Served with like a warm wine that's mostly sugar. <laughs> it's the house red. It's like a Capri Sun with some vodka in the background on the PA. Yeah, Kristen's just dying in here in the background. It's fine. We're we're, we're killing our fake Italian American from New Jersey. Um. Oh my god. But yeah, like it's. <laughs> It's wild to see that, like, the work actually went into this show to be, like, this is what happened to Boba Fett's armor. And, like, we need to, therefore, like, deal with it because that's a thing that happened in canon. And that was, like, when I first saw rumors that Boba Fett was coming back, I'm going to be, like, cool, can't wait for Aftermath to just not be canon anymore. Because I was, like, you know, my I'm a nerd for the whole interconnected universe thing. And I was very annoyed. Yeah, I, like... Cobb Vanth is such an inconsequential character in the books. And, like, granted, do I remember anything that happened in the Aftermath trilogy? I think at some point they were in a jungle, forest kind of place. And then the third book was, like, everybody walking in the desert, a.k.a. The Mandalorian Season 1. But, like, you know, I saw, like, oh, Cobb Vanth, Cobb Vanth. And I had to text Kate and Chris and be like, should I know this person? I felt like not so, well. I guess that's an example of it. But I and I this is something we'll talk about later. I think in the pod. But I felt like intertwining these stories and then building on them and building on some of like the plot holes or questions people have always been like, well, what the fuck about this? Um, kind of moved it in my head from not being fan service to being like an actual just intricacy of canon. I feel like a lot. I totally value that a lot of people were like, this is fan service. Why are we doing these things? But I also felt like, well, it's nice to like build on things that have already happened. Like, I think that was some of the, the things that we also often as a fan base complained about with the sequel trilogy was not building on things that already were established. So I think mm-hmm. getting to see that interwoven in this way and then taken to the next level made me feel like in episode one, when we see Boba Fett in the desert, I was like, all right, that's all we're going to get that like that's fan service. But then when he, there was actual, you know, exposition of character, and that's true for, I think, all of these things, um, it made me feel a little more like, oh, okay, actually, this is, you know, this is interesting. This is something I want to see more about for all of these instances. Yeah, one unit of effort was put into it <laughs> yeah. to make it 
like something real instead of like, hey, Boba yeah, Fett. Or like back. the fact that the Bo-Katan storyline went for more than just one episode. I thought it was just going to be that one episode and then that was that. And then I was like, oh my God, we get Darksaber, we get all these things. Like what? So yeah. But we had a whole episode of Ahsoka, whereas I assumed that she would be like five minutes at the end of the season finale or something. Like I figured she would be in the Luke role. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was going to end with them finally like, oh, we finally reached her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then, let's last reaction thing. How did y'all feel about the Luke cameo? Jedi scum. My thing about this is not so much related to Luke Skywalker as a character. There was a baby Jedi. He came to get him. Grogu's going to get real fucking dead. Um, How dare you take that? Kylo back. Ren's gonna kill that. He's gonna kill. No, I he bet, kills I think everybody. He has to graduate before that happens, right? Because he's already fifty. He's a fifty-year-old baby. <laughs> like puberty goes quickly, before... Miranda, for for baby Yodas. <laughs> <laughs> it's infancy for fifty years, and then five years for the rest. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and then you get like the next eight hundred right, to kind just chill of. Out. Um, war crimes um (laughs) but my thing is more and i think i've probably complained about this in the past or at least mentioned it with it it's just like we have the technology it's much better than it was like 20 years ago but why the fuck do we keep cgiing entire sebastian stan it was right there like have you seen the side by side of, no. like, Mark Hamill when he was young and then Sebastian Stan with the clean face. It's remarkable. Maybe that's just me, like, think... thinking that all, like, Midwestern-looking white people look similar. But I'm just kidding. You can cut that out if it's inappropriate. But, no, like, but they, they really look, they look remarkably <laughs> similar. And now I can't see him in other things without thinking, oh, it kind of looks like Mark Hamill. <laughs> that was how I felt that's about the Falcon in the Winter Soldier trailer that, mm-hmm. that came out yep. during the Super Bowl or whatever. Yeah, He definitely exactly. looks like that. Now... The CGI, like, I've always been, like, maybe at, like, maybe my eyes are bad or I'm just dumb. Probably both. But, like, the CGI has never bothered me. Like, it didn't bother me in Rogue One and it didn't bother me here. Um, I mean, like, we have, it, it's not bad CGI. It's just, like, the fact that they keep insisting on using yeah. it. Rather than, like, do literally anything else. That's fair. Oh, this is pod- Speaking of bad CGI, <laughs> um, no, that's fair. And I, I will say the first time I watched it, I thought that they had recast because like something about it doesn't quite look like Luke. Yeah, his like, face like doesn't move. It's like he just got a lot of Botox, like just his mouth moves. Yeah. And like his eyebrows are like really heavy, whereas like Mark Hamill never had like that like those like big jewish eyebrows that they gave like cgi bar camera it's amazing but like yeah so like i i hear that i hear that like it was took it out of the moment for you a little bit yeah i will say even though i like kind of expected it because like as soon as like ahsoka was like call another jedi there i was like all right ezra even for fucking like filoni would be just too random to Mm. bring in so I don't think it's going to be Ezra, so it has to be Luke. So, like, I expected it, but I also definitely still, like, grabbed Kate's arm and, like, held on really tight as soon as the X-Wing popped out of hyperspace. Like, 
Yeah. I thought, like, I didn't think, I thought it was probably going to end up being Luke, but I didn't think that it would be, like, that we would see him. I thought it'd just be, a, you know, like, an allusion to that idea. Mm-hmm. But then, and I, I swear I muted so many words on Twitter because the episode drops at, like, 3 a.m., and I knew I had to get through the day, and then that evening I was going to watch it, and I muted every possible word I could think of, but I did not mute Luke because I didn't think to mute Luke, and then I saw that shit, and I was like, it's fine. It's fine. Also... Luke Skywalker was trending on Twitter within, like, so the episode, I think it comes out at, like, 1 a.m., and me and Kate are night owls, so, like, if there's, like, a big episode of something, like, we'll, we stayed up to watch it that night, and so, like, I don't know, however long it was, maybe, say it was 45 minutes, so, like, it ends at 1.45, by, like, 1.50, Luke Skywalker was trending on Twitter, so it was, it was hard to avoid. <laughs> well, I, you would think that, like, after the fiasco of trying to not consume leaks for season eight of game of thrones they would just not open social media when something comes out but apparently i'm too addicted so it's a problem oh game of thrones yeah let's not even remember I, that. It's fine. <laughs> I didn't realize that it was luke like about to come onto the ship until he revealed himself like i don't remember what i was thinking but i was like oh someone has an x-wing that's fun and like somebody just kind of came in with a hood up, and I was like, "Who is this guy?" It was a very guy? like Return of the Jedi, Jabba's Palace, Force choke people type of Luke. So I can see why, if you're not thinking of that, why you'd be like, "What? What's happening?" Yeah. Or also his dad going into the Jedi Temple to kill a bunch of babies. Yeah. No, it was it was very. Looked I like ominous. had like moments of progression where I was like, "Oh my god, it's an X wing!" Oh my god, I think I saw R two yeah. in like the little security feed of the X wing for like half a second. Oh my god, his lightsaber's green! Like it was like it was a whole thing. <laughs> all right, let's turn to season three. What do you all want season three? What want, want what do you want to season three? Jesus, what do you want to see from season three? I think I want to see them continuing to have plot in the episodes and as a season overall, <laughs> other than walk through the desert, fly across the galaxy. I am dad. This now. is the way. This is the way. <laughs> Maybe don't keep hiring aggressively transphobic people to be on your fucking show. It's real easy. Agreed completely. I think on that note, even though I think the current rumor is that they will not be recasting Cardoon, I would love if they recasted her with the trans actress, but uh, I recognize that Disney is probably not going to do that. But, you know, it'd be interesting. Um, but then what if the trans actress had to work with Rosario Dawson? I guess there are a lot of questions there. But um, the point is uh, I would like improved casting choices and continued casting choices where they've done well in terms of like, having more people of color in actual roles who are speaking and aren't just like there for no reason um, or like just background children. Like I remember that episode uh, with the the farmers and with Julia Jones, you, you know, little Grogu's in school and like all the kids are kids of color, but it's like they have no role. They have nothing. Um, and so anyways, my point is I'd like to see more like flushed out as we saw in this season and in terms of content, I would love to see more of like the Mandalore storyline, see how that goes. I think that could potentially be a lot of the next season. Um, so I'm very excited for that for sure. Yeah, I hope so. Cause like I still super am not a hundred percent 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 sure on how like the fall of Mandalore worked. 
Do I need to finish watching some things? Yes. Don't talk to me, Burb. <laughs> but like, I think, and we we kind of started to get a little bit of it, and we started to see, you know, some of the the aspects of Mandalorian culture that we didn't get in the first season. Um, when you know Bo Katan shows up, like, oh, you're like one of those cult kids, and like, it turns out. Like actual Mandalorians, former Death Watch Mandalorians are like, we'll take our helmet off. Can I have the Eric Saber, please? I'm Katie Sackhoff. Yeah. No, it definitely feels like now that they have like kind of used the series as a sounding board for like three different series this season. And like, you know, we've got like, we've got Rangers of the New Republic. If it still happens, I think it will. But it was also, like, definitely supposed to be a Gina show, and that's out the window. Um, Thank fucking God. Yeah. And then Ahsoka, obviously, is still happening, and Book of Boba Fett is happening. Is either currently filming or done filming. Um, like, Ooh. I think now that we've gotten all that universe stuff, it's going to be, like, much more Bo-Katan, Darksaber. We didn't hear anything from the Armorer this season. Like... It wouldn't surprise me if season three ends up being like Bo-Katan versus the Armorer in terms of like factions trying to retake Mandalore. I love it. <laughs> Miranda's having a conniption. It's fine. I'm having very gay thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> it's fine. But no, I, I, I think that is a good point. Like, especially because they did use this season for so much you know, like, backdoor pilot here, let's do this, whatever. Um, here's Luke Skywalker. Now it's like, okay, let's go back to the story about this guy's a Mandalorian. And we don't really know what that means for him as opposed to for other Mandalorians. So is it the way? Who's to say? Um, I also <laughs> hope... And I will also say I expect to see a lot more of Moff Gideon. Um, yeah. I I think there's just still so much there. I know that um, Giancarlo Esposito has talked about how, like, season three is where we're going to get a lot of Moff Gideon's backstory. Um, so, like, I'm hopeful that they're not just going to, like, put him in jail and then be like, oh, remember when we took down Moff Gideon? That was a fun day. <laughs> Yeah, I thought he was going to be more present this season. I realize that's the last segment of the, like, season two stuff, but he was in, what, like, one or well, two? Well, and he yeah, had, he like, a big many. intro when he, like, he ended an episode of his, him having Darksaber, I think, right? Or something like that happened. Um, mm-hmm, I think so, So, yeah. yeah, it felt like it was really leading to something, and then it was leading to a little bit. Yeah. And it's it's definitely going to be interesting to see where we go. I hope that, especially now that we don't have Gina as, like, the, you know, it's Hollywood today, so they can't have, you know, multiple women with non-model body types on screen at once. But, like, now that we don't have Gina, I really hope that we get a lot more Casca Reeves, uh, played by Mercedes Varvato, I think her last name is, but Sasha Banks is, is her stage name. Is that Bo-Katan's yes. girlfriend? Yes. 
I it's wild to point. think of her as not having a model like body because I feel like she still looks like I wouldn't have even thought of it that way. But yeah, now I see like, oh, yeah, I guess yeah. in the world of Hollywood. Yeah, I know. Like she she has like a normal body type, you know, what what I think human She's beings like, would super consider athletic, to be a normal body like, type could, if we could you know, all, easily yeah. crush my head like a melon between her like biceps. But please. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, I hope we see a lot more of her. She's, she's also like randomly cousins with both like Snoop Dogg and like, I think Jeremiah or something like she's like two like prominent hip hop artists are like related to her. It's very, it's fascinating. Go on her Um, Wikipedia sometime. Ray J. Ray J. Thank you. Ray J. And well, Ray J. And therefore, Ray J. And therefore Brandy, because Brandy is Ray J's cousin. Yeah. I would feel anyway. like Brandy is so much more relevant than Ray J, and yet, honest to God. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, I think that's that's what I want to see. Also, let's talk about like we now know there are more shows coming. I think this fucking uh, outline has been in the works for so fucking long that like parts of it might have been written before that big Disney press conference. But like, we know Ahsoka's coming. We know Book of Boba Fett's coming. We know. Probably, I think Rangers of the New Republic is still coming. Like, the thing I definitely want to see is, I I love Sabine Wren as one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. I hope we see her. I don't know how they're going to handle it of her being, of her, uh, who's going to play her because Tia Sarkar is obviously of Indian descent, whereas Sabine Wren is heavily coded as at least partially East Asian. So I don't know if they'll stick with Tia Sarkar, who is amazing. I don't know if they'll cast somebody else. I think either way, Sabine will be great, but I just want to see her. That's really that's really what I want. <laughs> what about y'all? Do you have expectations, hopes, I'm... dreams? I have no strong feelings. I'm just kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so... See what Star Wars throws at the wall. We don't know why I only cut off Miranda. It's, I don't know if I need to like look at your screen instead of looking in the middle. Um, something's wrong with me, it's and fine. I apologize. It's not intentionally targeting. Um, but, uh, yeah, I agree. I feel like if I think about it too much, I won't be as surprised. Um, I'm going to need to just stay off of Twitter on Fridays whenever it comes out. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, sorry, there's a great message sent in our chat here um, that I hate Miranda, and it's true. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> totally joking. <laughs> But um, but yeah, I think I, I don't even want to think about it too much because I don't want to ruin it for myself, which I always do when things come out. So I'd like to just kind of erase it from my brain and then jump back in. I don't know if that can happen. No, that makes sense. Also, yeah, can Disney, like, release things at a time where people can watch it? Like, I, I like the weekly releases. I think that that has been really great for Mandalorian and now WandaVision for those who are watching it. But like, does it have to be at 1am? Yes. I'm asleep at one. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> I'm not cool. Keep it on Friday, but do it at like, even do it at noon. Like I'll take a lunch break. Mm-hmm. That's, I'll make that work, but like do something. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's just something that we've kind of just settled into as like part of our society. Like once Netflix started dropping things at midnight, A few years ago, I don't know how many years ago, I think I was in college, time isn't real. Um, Like, that's just kind of how everything's happened. I'm in 
like not an intelligent person because this entire time I thought it was this obscure time that they dropped them and now I'm realizing it's just midnight Pacific. Yeah. So that's depressing. <laughs> I really was like, what a bizarre time they've chosen. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, I'm still East Coast garbage and I'm like trying to relate it to East Coast time. It's 3 a.m. That's why I, I said, oh, don't they release it at 3 a.m. even though I have only lived in Mountain Time while The Mandalorian has been out. So... You, you know, you can take the garbage out of Massachusetts, but you can't take the Massachusetts out of the garbage. Or garbage, really. So. Oh my god, you're my favorite. <laughs> Amazing. That seems like a great Who needs Phil to... Burr? That's, that's why I'm on the pod now. I, I will say, the only thing about Phil Burr that I, like, actually, like, am like, you did a not horrible thing is that like if we're finally going to have somebody being like there is no like earth location in space like bill burr being like yeah people didn't like my accent i'm like there's no fucking boston in space this is just how i talk (laughs) it did remind me of like when they announced that obi-wan would be shooting and they said boston but they meant boston england and then there were all these amazing memes oh my god (laughs) that just spoke to me yeah food food for thought where is the Boston of the galaxy far, far away? Somewhere back. Where's that trash planet that they found, Maul? <laughs> kidding. Kidding. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe kidding. There's probably, there has to be a, like, a planet run by Dunkins, right? Like a Dunkin' Donuts planet. And everyone <laughs> is drinking regular coffees or regulars. And that is the Boston of Star Wars. Wherever it is, I believe. I believe in my heart. It's there. Absolutely. Duncan Tween. <laughs> All right. So we have to wrap up some questions from our lovely Patreon subscribers. Um, starting off from Diana, uh, aside from the casting, do you think that there are ways to introduce animated characters like Ahsoka that aren't so visually, visually terrible and inconsistent? So obviously, like, Ahsoka, we didn't, we didn't talk about this. Ahsoka's, like, headpiece did not look good. Which is weird because in season one, when, um, what's her name? My brain is failing me, but that English actress, um, whatever. She, her, like, CGI, or not just CGI, the actual, like, prop usage to make the, like, Twi'lek whole thing looked great. Maybe maybe I'm getting that all wrong. Please cut me out if I'm wrong there. But uh, Natalia something. Natalia Tanya, um, it looked fantastic. And I remember being like, wow, it's so cool to see this on the screen and not just like as animation. And then this season, it's like for Ahsoka's props and like visual effects, I was just kind of confused. Like it was distractingly bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the one thing I'll say about this that like, please don't take this from me, like, being very pro Disney and Lucasfilm. Um, but like we've been doing Twilight since the eighties, you know, it's, it's something that has kind of been down. They had like, there generally aren't a ton of like non human characters in, um, like live action media in star Wars. And like, I don't think we've seen a Togruta except for, animated and like yeah they could have done a much better job like 
for sure. But, you know, this is the first time. They didn't do a good job. I will job. say, Burb, in your favorite Star Wars movie, Attack of the Clones, there is Shakti, but... Oh, you're but, right. But, but, like... no, but your point stands. Um, I, Brana, I don't know that you said Twi'lek wrong. I, I said Twi'lek accidentally, but I... I've, I've heard both, though. I don't, I don't think there's a it's way. Okay. When I read it, I read Twi'lek, but then I don't know why I said Twi'lek. But it doesn't matter. It's all good, because you know what? This is not a real fucking thing, so... It's true, exactly. It's all fake um, in space. But yeah, honestly, like, for me, the... Like, I know a lot of people had issues with, like, the fact that her mantras were really short. Um, the, the Like, the head tails were really short. That didn't bother me as much. I think just because I expect a certain amount of differentiation in style between animation... Between different animation series and between animation and live action. What bothered me is that the quality just looked really fucking poor. Like, I, like, could see the cracks in the shitty foam of yeah. her headpiece while she was on camera. Like, at least fix that shit in post. It was just like, I've seen, and I know a lot of people have brought this up, um, but I've seen better use of, like, foam and just general headpieces from cosplayers many, many times. It was just very weird. Maybe all the money went to her salary. Because she was such a big name. And they were like, well, whatever. We're yeah, not way right. to works. Yeah, uh, Disney noted very not big yes. company in the world. They've got no money. No money. Know, right? Please donate to our GoFundMe. <laughs> We'd we like, like to give to our make staff you a Star Wars. <laughs> uh, capitalism. But yeah, so... Like, what I'm hoping for from the Ahsoka show, other than I would love for them to recast, I don't think they will, unfortunately. But I also want them to fix her headpiece so that it doesn't look like shit. Yeah. And to answer the actual question, do I think there are ways to introduce animated characters that aren't so visually terrible? Yes. You have the means of production. Like... You've got all the money in the world. You can make a non-human character look incredible. But instead, let's, like, stick some, you know, you know the pool? <laughs> I'm just picturing pool tubes. Yep. <laughs> They're not called pool tubes. They're called noodles. I don't. That's the I couldn't remember. The they word. are technically tubes, but uh, they're known as pools. It is a series of tubes that exists in and or nearby the pool. God. Oh god. Um. But yeah. Yeah. Like, do anything above that, and it's there's no reason for it to yeah. look bad. I would like one day. I would be fascinated to know if like they just fucking ran out of time on her costume, or like somebody thought that somebody was doing the the headpiece but then they weren't like a whole like i remember after the election like they were saying that like everybody thought jared kushner was like supposed to be working on all the like post-election lawsuits and then jared kushner was like oh was that me and that's why they were all so terrible like maybe See, there's also, a jared COVID kushner response. in the makeup department who knows god that's now i'm having nightmares of his like robot face as he's like trying <laughs> to put things together oh, i don't want to think about jared kushner in star wars <laughs> uh. 
lord. Um, and then second question from Diana before we move on. What do you think of this season's focus on backdoor pilots? I personally, it didn't bother me. I think that's just because I'm very easy to please. <laughs> um, they weren't like super in our face, which was good. I, I have no strong feelings about them. Like, I didn't even notice them as backdoor pilots until I, like, saw people talking about them. I was like, oh, this makes sense. Rana, did you have thoughts or do you just agree? I agree. I feel like I also just didn't notice it as, like, I didn't even consider it in that context. And then I read it in the, and I said, oh, wow, I probably should have thought about that. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I I just kind of was taking it in as it came and didn't actually give it that level of analysis. So I'm glad you did. But uh, I am not so using my brain. So, Yeah, fair. All right, moving on to questions from Tyler. Um, Luke versus Ezra versus Cal. Obviously, seeing Luke was great, but what would having another Jedi save Grogu mean for Star Wars? Um, I've said many times I think Cal is dead. Cal Kestis um, is who he was talking about from Jedi Fallen Order. I think he's long dead by this point, personally. And Ezra, I don't I don't think having Ezra show up would have been any different from having a brand new random Jedi show up for the majority of people who watch The Mandalorian. And while I wouldn't be against that, then you have to explain that Jedi at some point. So, like, I think for me, Luke made sense here, especially as assuming it is just going to be this single cameo and we're never going to see Luke again in The Mandalorian. See, you say that. But I thought that Tarkin was going to be a very minor character in Rogue One. And they CGI'd a whole movie around him. That's fair. So, I don't know. I also think it makes the most sense for Luke to do it. Um, I still haven't finished some certain shows that shall remain nameless. But Ezra doesn't seem like the type to, like, watch over a young child. I wouldn't trust him with my cat. Like, It's 3 a.m. Ezra does not know where Grogu is. Let's <laughs> let's put it that way. I do think Ezra could show up in the show at some point. I think yeah. he, I would not. In fact, I would probably expect that he would eventually. Um, maybe not. Maybe let's be like BT dubs. Guess who's dead? But um, that would be kind of surprising. But yeah, I don't. I agree. It wouldn't have had the same impact. I think. One thing that you both kind of mentioned earlier is the fact that the show is is sort of intentionally targeted at many different levels of Star Wars fans. And so I think by having the Luke cameo or, or inclusion at the end, it kind of like brought back in a lot of, um, you know, focus for maybe people who are just like only care about the movies or are like, I've never understood people who are big fans of Luke, but they're out there. So, um, you know, it's a big subset. So, you know, maybe it, it kind of pulled in for those people who, whereas having Ezra maybe wouldn't have done that. And yeah, I don't know enough about Cal to know if he's dead or alive, but yeah. I think I, I so Fallen Order takes place five-ish years after yeah. Order 66. So that's 20 plus years ago by this point in the timeline. Yeah. I think Cal is way dead. That's my personal theory. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree. I agree with everything that y'all said. Um, Tyler also wants to know our thoughts on some uh, plot holes that he saw in the plot. Um, Bobo waiting to confront Mando until he reached Tython. 
if he had Slave One, his ship, the whole time, why was he on Tatooine so long? Why didn't he just get the armor from Cobb Vanth himself? Basically, do you think there are in-universe explanations for this stuff? Or do you think it is more of the story moving at the speed of the plot and this being the story that they wanted to tell? I gave those things zero thought when I watched them. Um, like, do I have questions about how Boba Fett became separated from his armor after the Sarlacc butt? Yes. Do I care enough to want it addressed in this show? No. Yeah, I agree completely. I feel like if I read that all in a book, I would be like, well, blah, 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 blah. But when I see it in the show, I just assume that there's not time for those sorts of questions to be answered. But um, it's also possible that, yeah, they said, like, you know, basic storylining of this is what's going to happen and the other details don't matter. But, yeah, I don't think I really cared in the show. But I'm sure if I read it in a book, I'd be like, no, wait a second. What happened on these pages? Yeah. <laughs> so, Yeah, like, I'm, I'm sure there's a reason. In someone's brain. Hopefully. Well, and also, like, sometimes when I think when you're writing something plot-based and you only care about getting to the point, you kind of retcon in why it worked in your own brain, even if it doesn't matter to everyone else. Yeah. So I'm sure they would, like, have an excuse if you asked them on a panel, but I don't know that they actually cared when they were, you know, writing it. They're probably more excited about getting to whatever they wanted to show next. They'll make a whole movie yes. out of it. Right. Uh, it's, yeah, I... They didn't bother me. Um, I do. I want to know why he didn't just get the armor from Cobb Vanth himself. That's the one that I want to know because, like, we know that Cobb Vanth had that armor for five years, and Boba didn't get it from him. Um, Maybe he was shy. Boba Fett, noted introvert. <laughs> um, I do think that we will find out because, like, Boba Fett is back on Tatooine. Like, it appears, you know by all indications of that post-credit scene that he is just going to kind of take Jabba's palace for his own. So wouldn't shock me if we see Timothy Oliphant again. Wouldn't shock me if we at least hear mention of kind of his journey from being swallowed by the Sarlacc to being not swallowed by the Sarlacc. Um, the the timing one of like, why didn't he like show up earlier? That doesn't, it's hyperspace moves at the speed of plot. So does Boba Fett. Boba the Fett. Um, Odie, uh, the wonderful Odie McOatface in the Tashi Station Slack. One day I'll be able to get that right. Uh, the name Slave One. How problematic is it? Um, and I will also note that when he asked this in the Slack, uh, Tom at Darth and Turnus at Delray, who is also in the Slack, noted that it is problematic enough that Slave One is never mentioned in the Empire Strikes Back uh, FACPOV book. So that... That tells you all you need to know there. Also, Scott Hume, who was also in the Slack, asked, has Slave One ever actually been named in anything not a reference material? And I don't know that it has. I didn't know the name of the ship until someone said it in the Slack. But also, I don't know a lot of things, so maybe don't listen to me. <laughs> I can't think of an instance of ever hearing someone say it out loud other than, like, nerds talking about like references or collector's items or like action figures, but I don't think I've ever heard it like in actual creation. And I say nerds affectionately. I realize since I'm like new to the podcast, I should make sure people know. I feel like at the point where you're on a Star Wars podcast, people are like probably understanding that you're okay with nerddom. I would just hate if someone was like, what's wrong with this new bitch? Like, 
But, um, but anyways, yeah. yeah. So I can't think of a time within the actual universe that I've heard it named out loud. But again, I'm, I'm definitely not even, you know, mildly at a level where I could speak on that. So, yeah. Yeah, this isn't a Star Wars podcast. This is a Star Wars podcast. books podcast. And here we are talking about like, the Mandalorian. I, I think I once called a bunch of characters nerdlings. Like, I call this nerd book club very casually. Yeah. I will also say... So if anyone's offended, sorry. On, on, on the question of the ship name, Mando, as far as we can tell, has a Razorcrest-class gunship named the Razorcrest. So, like... <laughs> Boat yeah. in a boat face. <laughs> Can I just say this is the most Chris point? <laughs> it bothers me so, so much, mad. Kristen. I know it does so much. There's I mean, he also was like, "What's that ship called?" And Chris is like, "It's the Butthole Five Thousand. It was made on blah blah blah." Okay, sorry. Bye. We also established earlier that even when he knows Grogu's name, he's just like, "Whatever, kid." So I don't know that yeah. he's the best at creative naming. Yeah. I think he kind of just sees object, states object. Yeah. That's why he is the Mandalorian and not his actual name. I do love how the, his character is just that he's like, not that bright, like good, but not great at combat, has really good armor. <laughs> um, luck, luck, more important than skill, that whole listen, thing. Listen, <laughs> truly, truly the Han Solo lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> um josh uh spafork as spafork. i as i call him in my head uh <laughs> in the slack what are y'all's thoughts on the young luke recasting slash not recasting i don't really have I, I think we already talked about it a little bit i don't have more thoughts to y'all no and then more importantly is this the way this is the way there you go Honestly, we should have yes. This is the Way, but Miranda saying it as one of our drops. Not, I was not just wondering why we don't. <laughs> we really should. Um, from Drew, Ahsoka aside, were you happy with the way that fan service was integrated into the series, or did you find it to be too much pandering? Yeah, I think we kind of covered this earlier a bit. I think they did it pretty well. Like, With the exception of maybe the Luke reveal at the end, they weren't like beating us over the head with it. It was just like, oh, here's Ahsoka. Y'all are obsessed with her as a character, even though we did a terrible casting job. Here, go yell at your friends about Thrawn for a week. Yeah. Like, very casually done. Ronna, did you have thoughts on that? I mean, I think I already said a lot of them earlier. What I would like to tell myself, even if it's not necessarily true, is that I tell myself that the people who are making this story are, like, Star Wars lovers, and so... I would presume that they were as excited to get to, you know, integrate this into their Favroni world. Um, and but uh, yeah, we're, I don't know why I brought that back. I'm so sorry. It's but, catching um, on. But uh, but so that's just what I tell myself of like it's probably just as exciting for the people who are creating the show who are you know uh, fans of the universe or maybe they just like money and that's fine too. But yeah, yeah. that's the only thing I have to add to everything I shouted about earlier. Yeah, and I said this before it didn't bother me my bar is low particularly after watching rise of skywalker so like i don't know <laughs> um what would you like to see a book question finally a book question what would you like to see as the plot of the upcoming mandalorian book 
Is there an upcoming Mandalorian yeah. book? There is an upcoming. <laughs> I did not know this. Wow, it is coming I need out to do my in, research. I want to say November of this year. I want to know how he thinks. Name, is he, is object, d- name, or, or object. like, or if it's just like a couple of like Lego men building Legos in his head. <laughs> is he as monosyllabic like... in his internal monologue as he is externally? Rana, you do not need to do more research. Oh, I was I joking. To be I'm not this... going. Okay, to. good. I was going to say I used to be on this podcast just as a reminder. Well, thank you. I appreciate Chris your knows support the answers too. Um, I just figured, wow, it's a bad look for my first episode to be like. I didn't know this was a book. So. I didn't I'm know nothing if not honest. I'm glad you said it. Literally all we know about it is that it's being written by a guy named Adam Christopher. That's literally all we know about it. Um, I don't know what I want to see from it. I expect it to be like a like young Mando like cutting his teeth in the bounty hunter world, which I'm sure it'll be fine. It doesn't super interest me. I'll read it because I read all the Star Wars books and also have a podcast, but like, I don't know. Like Mandalorian is kind of like, and I've like said this on previous episodes and on Twitter, but like, I never know what I want from Mandalorian and I always have very low expectations and it always makes me happy unexpectedly. And so like, I feel like the book will do that and that's all I'll care about. Um, I definitely like... Go ahead, go ahead. No, 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 go. I was just going to say, I think the only thing I can even even think of, even, even, wow, my brain, sorry, I think the only thing I can even think of at this point is, um, like, I'd like to get a little more on the backstory that was, like, alluded to in season one of, like, mm-hmm. everything he went through as a kid and the fall of Mandalore and all that type of stuff, but I don't know if if it will really be interesting when you actually read it or if it's just something I'm thinking Wait. about. Like, what's it like growing up in space Scientology? Right, yeah, exactly, yeah. you know, the cult life. But um, just some of the flashbacks we got early on that kind of didn't go anywhere after. Maybe maybe it will elaborate yeah. there. Honestly, like, in a weird way, if I knew whose perspective the book would be told from, I feel like I would be much more interested. Because, like, if it's just Mando, like, being monosyllabic internally, I don't care about that. If it's, like learning about the armorer and like other people who have been in what we now know as a cult that to me is much more interesting i hope it's from grogu's perspective that i would read that great it could be a I coloring book that. i don't care <laughs> just an can entire book from, of eating eggs can we call it from a certain point of grogu yes <laughs> yes done oh. ship it let's go um Will I ever not, I being me, Chris, ever not cringe when the word quested is uttered? No, I will not. It is stupid. I don't know why they kept saying I've been quested like it's something to be, like it's a line of dialogue to be proud you wrote. Next question. (laughs) They said it so many times. I don't understand. Yeah, that's not something I think a lot of people noticed. I don't don't like, like the use of fake words which is something i'm trying to train myself out of because english is all fake words but i definitely did not notice that which is weird because usually i'm like ah that's not how you use that thing so i'm glad I'm not just remember, i just remember noticing it on like the first trailer for season two where he's like i've been quested to bring him back to his own kind i'm like that's not that's that's not how you use the word quest that's very bad that's even <laughs> for star verbified. wars very bad dialogue and then they just said it like every episode 
And I was just like, why? Why do you hate me? Why are you doing this? Yeah. Star Wars, notably written specifically to target Chris Cedar of at the Book Wars mm-hmm. pod. Absolutely. I don't like the rules. Um, what ship would you like to see Mando fly next? I don't care. Does anybody care? A spacey one? <laughs> one that doesn't just get destroyed. <laughs> yeah, you, you assume that I know way more about ships. Like, if you want to talk about the different kind of ship, like, yes, let's get into it. But I that is not on the table here. Verb wants to see Mando become a lesbian. <laughs> you know what? We're all on our own journeys. Mando, Mando can do whatever he wants. Um, like, go be with that farmer yeah. lady. She was I'm nice. You. Take your helmet off in front of her. Be like, "Hey, babe." Yeah, like you know? how much easier Rogu would it Omera, be? The only two. How much easier would it be to date if you could show people that you're Pedro Pascal? Like, why? Why take that <laughs> off the table? That's that's why I'm single. <laughs> you know, I'm just not Pedro Pascal. <laughs> Let's just let's just nobody tell Kate that I'm not Pedro Pascal. It'll all it'll all work out great. <laughs> um, we'll keep it. A and secret. then we had several people with a, a a specific theme of question. I'll just read them all in a row. From Diana, more of a comment than a question. But Dave Filoni stopped directing live action challenge. From Drew, who is the worst director and why was it Dave Filoni? From Josh, who is the best director and why is there no way in hell it's Dave Filoni? <laughs> um. I will say, of the three episodes he's directed, I thought the Ahsoka one was the best. <laughs> I will also say it was easily the worst, for me, the worst directed episode of the season. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, the other directors are all very good that they use on the series, and they just keep being like, hey, Dave? What are you doing Tuesday? You want to... <laughs> exactly i just i know he's show running the ahsoka show and i'm sure he's writing it because ahsoka is his baby but i really hope he hires directors because like we know he could like he can write animation like clone wars and rebels are very very good like but animation and live action are two different beasts and i do think that yeah we've given Filoni many opportunities to not improve by that much. We're doomed. Is this the part is this the part where we talk about mediocre white men? I'm always ready to talk about mediocre white men. <laughs> You're gonna fit in great on this podcast, Rana. <laughs> because mediocre white man gets many opportunities to do things poorly. It's it's also so a Star Wars story. It's so infuriating too because I remember I like still I'm still bitter about this like years later. Something I want to say like after maybe like 2017 2018ish somebody asked um Kathleen Kennedy about like hey like why are there no women directing Star Wars? And she like, you know, she had her like PR answer but then included some bullshit about, you know, directing something like Star Wars is a big project and you know like we need to make sure that people have the right experience and I'm like cool. What's that experience, Kathleen? I'm ready to fight. I hate her. 
I don't hate her the way that like the dude bro fandom hates her, but I don't like her. You mean you have like rational yes. reasons for Yeah. It's hmm. it's brutal because everybody's like fire Kathleen Kennedy and I'm like, I agree with you, but not for the reasons you want. <laughs> Uh, all right well does anybody have any final thoughts on season two of the mandalorian katie sackoff played bo katan um i didn't realize this until i like was reading up on it she also voiced bo katan in the clone wars and like bo katan in the clone wars looks like if katie sackoff had red hair local girl beaverton girl shout out to oregon space queen that's a perfect place to leave it um thank you all for listening to this bonus episode of the mandalorian or bonus jesus bonus episode of the book wars pod <laughs> oh we really got upgraded yeah those disney checks just about to get a whole lot bigger <laughs> um everybody uh join us next episode we are going to be coming back we're very excited the fact that we have a new co-host is going to make us record it's going to be great um our next book is Shadowfall by alexander free the second book in the alphabet squadron trilogy uh we're gonna be reading the start of the book through chapter six uh read it while you continue to stay the fuck inside and don't go on a vacation to hawaii in the middle of a pandemic or mexico or, mexico. or your uh, engine will explode all over broomfield colorado Yo, that so. shit was wild that shit was wild um anyway you can find us in the meantime on twitter or instagram at bookhorsepod email us bookhorsepod at gmail.com and on the tashi station radio patreon slack uh if you have the means first of all if you can donate anything please donate to social justice organizations such as the national black trans advocacy coalition um or if you have any local groups that are doing great work uh that's the first thing you should do with your spare cash if you have any but if you want to support us you can donate to the tosh station radio patreon which helps us cover our hosting and production costs you can also give us coffee at ko-fi.com slash pod where when when you do we will post even more pictures of cerberus orca jasper tony and new official pupper of the pod argos we're very excited. Uh, so yeah, donate. <laughs> Give us coffee if you want to meet Argos virtually, not in person. That'd be weird. It's a pandemic. Um, our th- our theme song is "Whiz Bang" by Pottington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joby Terror Design, and our audio and production are done by our very own Kristen Cerisi. For Miranda, Rana, Kristen, and Kate, I am Chris. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Book Course Pod, and we'll talk to you next week. Oh, that was great. That was super fun. That was great.